Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So last week, we did a talk about love. It was about Valentine's Day. And we've decided to do a series for a few weeks called Love Actually. And the idea behind the series is this. Love is important, and we all know that. The world sings songs like, all we need is love, and what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Uh, Love is important, but the world's idea of love is often twisted, perverted, inadequate, not right. And so what we're going to say is, God is love. Let's learn from the person whose very essence is love. Let's learn from God and understand what love truly is. And that's why we've called it Love Actually, which is the name of a movie with Hugh Grant in it. And we're going to use little quotes from movies or songs each week to illustrate the world says this, but love actually is this. So last week, we talked about forgiveness and repentance and relationship conflict resolution. And so the quote that we are using for last week comes from a movie in 1970 called Love Story. I don't know if anybody saw that movie, Love Story, in 1970. If you put your hand up, you're showing that you're old. (laughs) And the big quote from that movie was, Love means never having to say you're sorry. That was the quote from the movie. And that sounds lovely, and it sounds gooey and beautiful. Imagine a relationship where I never have to say I'm sorry. But love actually, in real life, based on what God's Word says and what we know from God, means always being willing to say you're sorry. And in fact, conflict is normal. So that was last week. Love always means being willing to say you're sorry. This week, I'm going to use a quote from a song by Wet Wet Wet, called Love is All Around. And the the words of the song go like this. You know I love you. I always will. My mind is made up by the way that I feel. That's what the world says love is. The world says love is a feeling. It's a butterfly in your stomach. It's a hormone and chemical reaction. It's an excitement. There's a sexual element often. But love in the world's eyes, is a feeling. Would you agree? It is. That's what the world says love is. And I want to say today that love actually includes feelings. Yes. But it is so much more than a feeling. And if we get all the elements of love, which God says are part of love together, it makes the feelings even better. Feelings are great, but if you rely only on feelings, you will have an inadequate understanding of love. And in fact, it's unhealthy for us because it's not real. It's not sustainable. The world says, my mind is made up. I will love you forever because I feel this way. Love actually includes feelings, but it's a whole lot more. So Jesus said in Mark 12, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, how many of us know that feelings are a part of heart and soul? They are, aren't they? Feelings are real. 
They are important. They are a part of love. There's no denying that God has built our bodies with chemicals and all sorts of things so that we feel emotions when we love. But they're not the whole thing. All of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength means feelings are not the full package. There is an element of your mental faculties where you have to say, I'm thinking this through. There is an element of your will where you say, I am deciding whether I feel like it or not. And there is an element of strength. You see, if love is feelings only, then most of us, I know speaking as a male, often men think love is weak. We think love means weakness because it's sentimentality. It's cards and flowers and balloons and tinsel and chocolates and it's weak sissy stuff but actually love actually is strength love the lord with all your heart soul mind and strength if you're going to love correctly you are the strongest person and we're going to see how jesus demonstrates that in a moment i read about a man in australia called damon gamo who made a film he decided he was just going to eat sugar for 60 days. But not unhealthy sugar. It wasn't donuts and ice cream. It was good, healthy food that was high in sugar. He was weighting his diet just into sugar, and he was ignoring protein, carbohydrates, all the vitamins and minerals and all the other things. And after just three weeks into his 60 days... He went to the doctor and his doctor said, your liver is showing serious symptoms of a very serious fatty liver disease and it could kill you. You see, sugar is good. I love sugar. I love a dessert with ice cream or some pastry, apple pie, something beautiful, fruit salad and ice cream. I love sugar. But if you only eat sugar, you will be an unhealthy human being. Is that not true? If your love understanding is only feelings, you're missing out on the meat and the potatoes and the, all the other things, the lovely big tomato and the lettuce and the broccoli and the minerals and all the stuff you need to make you a big, strong, healthy, functioning human being whose mind and body works correctly. Heart, soul, mind and strength, we need the whole package. And the purpose of today's talk is to say, the world says love is feelings. If you listen to that, you will go off track. You will be malnourished. You will have a, a half understanding of what real love is. And it will not result in the fruitfulness and the goodness that God has for us. So I want to read you a few verses about why love is so important. First of all, God is love. 1 John 4 verse 16 says, God is love. Not God is does love or not this is one of the aspects of how we understand god it's his essence god is love it is the very core the very definition if you were to reduce god down to one element it is love and so if we are going to understand love we need to go first of all to the person who is love nobody else is love no movie maker or actor or director or songwriter is love god is love he is the one we go to to find out what love truly is. And 1 John 3 verse 16 tells us the way we understand love is by looking at Jesus dying on the cross. It says, For by this we know love, because He laid down His life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. So we look to God 
for our definition, for our understanding of love. Love actually means I can listen to what my parents say, what the movies say, what the songs say, what the world says, what everyone around me is shouting every day, what love is. I can listen to that, but if I want to know the truth, if I want to understand love, I look to God and particularly to Jesus dying on the cross for me. Another beautiful verse is Galatians 5 verse 6. In the NIV, it says, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. What, what this is saying is that love is the end result. If you've got all these other parts of Christianity working correctly, so you've understood all the, the verses in the Bible and you've been filled with the Spirit and you're in covenant with other Christians and you're, you're living right and all these different parts of Christianity, the way you know your Christianity has worked out correctly is there's an end product called love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Jesus said all the commandments are summed up in love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the, the product, the results. That's how we know that we've loved, that, we've, that we're a Christian. In fact, Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples because you love. I wonder if we know that. I wonder if we realize that. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. It's a lovely passage about love, and, and it's read at many weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It goes through all the definitions of love. It's a wonderful passage, and we're going to be referring to it in these talks. But it ends off by saying, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. And it starts off by saying, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, if I can prophesy, if I can do miracles, if I have faith that can move mountains, if I give all of I, that I possess to the poor, if I give my body to be burned in the flames, but if I haven't got love, I am nothing and it profits me nothing. So can I challenge you, my brother and sister, how's your love quotient? Not how many verses do you know? Not how long have you been in church. Not how great does everyone else think you are. Love. Love, love, love. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at this. I want to say that if love is just about feelings, imagine love was just, imagine that the words of that song were correct. You know I love you. I always will. My mind is made up by the way that I feel. Is that real? Let's just look at that for a few moments. Is that a real way to understand love? Imagine I'm standing up on my wedding day. I'm just going to use wedding, uh, a wedding illustration just to illustrate this, but it's not only marriage. This relates to parents and children, brothers and sisters. In fact, it relates to every human being because Jesus said, if you say you love God but you hate your brother, and we know brother probably means every human being on planet earth. He said, if you say you love God, but you hate someone, you're a liar. So what we're saying now applies not just to marriage, it applies to everyone. Let me just explain that verse about hating your brother for a second here. Um, I'm just going to read it so that we get the right context. It starts off, the verse before, 1 John 4 verse 19, it says, We love him... 
because he first loved us. So this love comes from God. If I've received God's love, I'm so accepted that it starts to overflow and ooze out of me. Then he says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he's seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. Why is brother every human being? Do you remember a, a lawyer came to Jesus and said, uh, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer said, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus told a parable about the Good Samaritan as if to say, everyone that you can make your neighbor is your neighbor. It's not how small can I make the commandment, it's how big can I make everybody my neighbor. Therefore, this verse, when it says, if you hate your brother, you cannot love God, we could go like the lawyer to Jesus and say, Lord, but who's my brother? He's saying, everyone's your brother. Even the, the man who you would normally ignore on the side of the street who's been beaten up, if you love him, he's your brother. If I say I love God whom I haven't seen, but I hate a human being whom I can see, he says the love of God is not in me. Why is he saying that? It's because of this. Friend, there's enough of the fingerprints of God on every human being, even the most evil, even the most horrible person, even the person who disagrees with you, even the person who's done a terrible thing to somebody else. There's enough of the fingerprints of God on every human being that we can say, I love you. And because God has loved me, even though I was evil, it oozes out of me to everyone else. So I love everybody, no matter what they've done, no matter who they are, I pour out this love. And if I say that I love God, but I'm not loving other people, that I'm hating other people, the love of God is not in me. So getting back to my marriage illustration. Imagine I'm standing there on my wedding day and I say, I promise to love you, dear, beautiful woman who we've got jittery feelings in our, in our stomachs about. We, we, we've got all the feelings at the moment. We've got the sugary dessert taste in our mouth at the moment. It's wonderful. I'm so excited. Can't wait to see if you're there, you know, the next day. And it's all these feelings are going on. And we say, I love you. And then we say the following words. We say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. Now those words talk about something other than feelings. And yet, many of us, I've done enough marriage counseling to know that many people say those words, but in their hearts and in their minds, they're saying, oh, these feelings are going to last forever. And I'm sure these feelings are going to last forever. I just hope these feelings are going to last forever. And then what happens is a few years down the line, or maybe even a few weeks down the line, we wake up and we've had a fight. And the feelings are less than they were. And the baby's crying, and our spouse is unwell, and we haven't got enough money in the bank, and something happens, and then, and then we see another person at work or on the street or in a taxi or something who gives us excited feelings. They bat their eyes at us, and they tell us we're wonderful, and suddenly the feelings are not as strong with my spouse as they are with this new person, and suddenly I'm tested. Is love. I know I love you. I always will. My mind's made up by the way that I feel, but uh oh, there's a feeling over here. What am I going to do? She's prettier. He's nicer. 
whatever it is. And we realize that love is so much more than feelings. I can honestly say, friends, that the love that is mature, the love that comes from heart, soul, mind, and strength, not just from funny butterfly feelings, that love is so much greater. You know, your dessert with the lovely sugary icing on it tastes better after you've had a wonderful carbohydrate, protein, vitamin-rich meal than it does if you just eat dessert all the time. The love that comes from all of these things put together, where I've made a decision in my mind and in my heart and my will, and I've said, I will love you, for better, for worse. No matter what, that love lasts forever, and it's so much stronger. In fact, the Bible says when we love like that, God's love is made perfect in us. It's like the Creator Himself, the God who is love, His power floods in, and I find there's something bigger than me pushing me along and helping me to love. The Bible says when we love like that, God abides in us and we abide in Him. It's like I'm carried along with the God who is love Himself. When I start to love properly, not just sugar, but the real thing, not just feelings, but heart, soul, mind, and strength, suddenly the, the power of God's love carries me along. And I find it so much greater. And then the feelings are, are good as well. Is that true, David and Shirley? Yes. You guys, how long have you been married? 54. I look at them. They love each other like crazy. They're awesome. And I look at that and I say, that's a picture of love. Not my mind's made up by the way that I feel. Because feelings go all over the place, don't they? I don't know about you, but my feelings are not trustworthy. <laughs> Have you heard the saying, the heart wants what the heart wants? Have you heard that saying? My heart wants what my heart wants. I promise to love this one for the rest of my life, but my heart wants what it wants. I, I can't do anything about it. But you know what the Bible says? The heart is deceitfully wicked and cannot be trusted. So, we've read that the picture for us, 1 John 3 verse 16 says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. So I want to just describe Jesus for us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he's getting ready to be crucified. He knows it's going to happen. His friends have, one of his friends has already deserted him, and he knows he's going to call the authorities. They're going to arrest him. They're going to try him. They're going to kill him. And he's going to be separated emotionally from his friends. But he's also going to be separated from God while he pays the price for sin. And then he's going to have to go to hell for three days and pay and, and get the prisoners free. And then, only then, will the joy come afterwards. He knows he's about to go through an extremely difficult time. And Jesus is, is uh, sweating blood because of the emotional turmoil that's going on. He knows the pain. Does he feel love at that moment? No. But you know what? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What's happening there? He's saying, with my mind and my will, I'm overriding my feelings because joy will come. What's the joy? It wasn't being in heaven because he knew he'd be in heaven anyway. The joy was that you and I would then have an open doorway to 
to come and spend eternity with him. That's the joy. It was the joy of knowing you and I could be saved that he endured. And he's crying out. He says, God, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But not my will. Your will be done. That's love. That's not my mind's made up by the way that I feel. He doesn't feel it. Amen. And then he gets taken to a trial where they start accusing him and, and telling him that he's done things that he hasn't done. And they start calling witnesses who are reviling him and, and casting doubts on his goodness. And, and they start insulting him. And they say, you are guilty of blaspheming God. And then he goes to a, a soldier's prison where there's hundreds of soldiers called a praetorium. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they get a stick and they start hitting him and hitting the crown into his head and hitting him, punching him with their fists, pulling his beard out, spitting on him, mocking him and telling him how useless he is. Does he feel love at that stage? No. But for the joy set before him, he endures it. And the joy is that much sweeter, and we are now part of that joy. Because that is love. It's not just sugary feelings. My mind's made up by the truth of God's Word, and by a covenant decision to serve God no matter what, or to promise to the other person no matter what. And then the love floods in. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, the definition of love. At the end of it, it says, love always trusts always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. That word always tells me it's not based on feelings because feelings are not always there. So Jesus then gets taken to Pilate who tries him again and finds him guilty and the crowd reject him. They say, give us Barabbas. The people he's come to save are rejecting him and saying, crucify him. Hatred is coming towards him. Does he feel love? No, but he sticks it out. There's strength there. Bruce Willis and Rambo and all the major guys have nothing on the strength of Jesus Christ. That is love. And then he gets whipped and flogged. So much so that he's just losing blood. The, the flesh on his back is stripped off him. They get a big cross, which is not smooth and nice. It's full of splinters and, and, and sharp bits. And they put it on his shoulders and they tell him to carry it up a hill. He hasn't slept or eaten or drunk anything for many hours. The whole night he's been awake being abused. And he's climbing up this hill with this massive wooden thing on his back. They lie him down on it at the top of the hill and they push nails through his body, through his hands and his feet, into the, into the wood. They lift up the wood and they drop it into a hole. Boom! And his whole body feels the impact. And then he hangs there, bleeding, struggling to breathe, his heart eventually bursting within him. And all through that time, he's not going on feelings for the joy set before him. He is choosing to love. He's saying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. Eventually, he says, it is finished. And he gives up his spirit. They don't kill him. He decides to breathe his last. He goes to hell. He rescues the prisoners. He rises again. And the joy set before him is not heaven because he would have had that anyway. It's the fact that you and I are now part of the family of God. And that's love. So what is love actually? It's strength. Yes, it involves feelings, but the feelings come from making a decision based on what God's Word says and sticking at it. And as we do that, God's power floods into us. Listen to this, 1 John 4 verse 7. 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. When I'm loving, I'm flowing with God, and God's power is flowing with me. It says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. There's a knowledge of God. There's an understanding and a depth of relationship with God that comes when we choose to walk the road of love. Not because my mind's made up by the way that I feel. Verse 12 says, No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. His, his love, the love that God is, is perfected in me when I choose to get up at two in the morning and help a struggling baby who's crying. When I choose to subject my own will and serve people in my family, in my workplace, people on the street, when I go out and share the gospel with them, when I give to somebody who's poor, when I exercise love not because I feel it, His love is perfected in us. God looks down and He says, there's my perfect love. Is it because I'm perfect? No, I'm just flowing with the God who is perfect. And then 1 John 4, 16. We have known and believed in the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. I'm inside God, and God is inside me when I'm walking in this love relationship. Can I ask us to pray now? I'm going to ask us to stand, just to focus our minds. So if you would please stand with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just focus on God right now. Thank you, God, that you are love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you endured the cross and you demonstrated love for me. You showed me what love really is. And Lord, you've put that love in my heart. Your word says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Thank you, God, that I can flow with you now in that love. And I choose today, Lord. Friend, can I ask you just to decide today Pray this prayer with me. Just say to God, Lord, I choose today to live in love. To make love my aim. To demonstrate love. Lord, all the other things I've been running after, Lord, I choose to subject those to love. And I ask you, God, to flood in and help me to do this. With my family members, with my workmates, with people I don't get on with with that person who I've been having that issue with, Lord, I choose. I choose to allow your love to flood in as I step out in obedience today. And now I'm going to ask you, if you've had a wrong understanding of love, we need to root out the weeds that are the wrong understanding so that the, the truth, the seed of God's Word can produce fruit. And the weeds are those Thoughts and ideas where we think love is just a gooey feeling and if I feel different, then love is gone. We need to root that out. If you're here today and maybe you've been married for many years and the feelings are not there anymore, I'm going to challenge you today to say, God, I choose today to get rid of that lie that says it's about feelings and I'm choosing to love with your strength, with your power, and I'm trusting the feelings will come eventually, just like dessert comes after the meal, I'm trusting the feelings to come later. I'm trusting, Lord. I'm choosing to get rid of the, the error and to believe your word. And I thank you that you flood in right now. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page 
of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.